Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that you out there in listener land know everything there is to know about walk-up songs or goal songs. And tonight, this afternoon, I guess it's it's dark out, so we'll call it evening, uh, I am joined by, in my very own house after quarantining and here for the holidays... <laughs> Yes. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm your baseball guru. And I'm uh, unfortunately sitting one room away from Nancy because <laughs> we can't figure out our audio issues. Well, or we can figure them out, but the tiny piece of technology we need right. is somewhere we, in the ether. We, we figured it out previously, but then because of the pandemic, we haven't recorded in the same space in eight months and thus had forgotten the need for a headphone splitter so that we don't have endless <laughs> delay uh echo going on when we uh, talk and then hear each other over the Zoom. So so now we are in yep. separate rooms, but we are still in the same house. So I think it still counts. Sure, I'll count. Yes, it definitely counts. <laughs> Aww. As, a, who, as a person alone in their home, Aww. having another person in the home counts. <laughs> <laughs> but you have all those cats, Rebecca. Surely yeah, they amount the to same. one person in a trench coat. <laughs> It would have to be a real small trench coat. <laughs> a child-sized trench coat. Okay. Yeah. And who are you? Oh, I'm Rebecca. <laughs> it is very much It is very much nighttime here. Mm-hmm. Um, the only light that I can see are a neighbor across the way. They have Christmas lights up. Oh, that's nice. Um, and I'm your, I'm your hockey person. Yay, hockey. Yay. Yeah, it is, it is like that point of dusk where it is like... If you look out the window, it's it's dark, but you can still see that it's like the not black yet. It's just like navy blue. Oh, it's but, it's pitch black here. I mean, yeah. it's only eight thirty at night, but it is yeah, pitch it's, black. It's five twenty five yeah. here, and it's just about pitch black. And that's because it is the day after Thanksgiving. It is November twenty yep. seventh. There is our timestamp. I hope we all uh, had a nice holiday. Did everybody do something at least? Halfway I don't season. know. My hosts were a little weird. I know. <laughs> it's tough, man. You get these invites and it's just hard to say no because like, it's <laughs> politeness. They frown on no. hotboxing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the turkey did take a while, but that was nobody's fault. Not even the Romans. Uh, it was, But we had a good little feast. We did. We it was, for it was very good. Just the yeah. three of you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. just the three of us. And nice. the cat. And the cat, yes. Important part, the yes, cat. Yes, very. She yeah, contributed I, a lot of commentary. I believe that. Um, <laughs> I did actually get to be with other humans yesterday. It was really oh, nice. Good. All so right. It's, I'm so it's glad. the people who have been, who have, we've consistently been each other's bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I went over there and they bought dinner from a local restaurant that was doing mm-hmm. Thanksgiving you know, nice. feasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was real good. That's fantastic. Yeah. So happy for you. Yeah. So yeah, point was, of curiosity, people. what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? Mashed potatoes. Yeah. Now, Joe, I will say... <laughs> our end of the show is, is thumbs upping that. So I think we now know Joe's favorite Thanksgiving food as well. Cheers, Joe. Excellent. <laughs> um, so I'm typically not a huge Thanksgiving person because I okay. I generally don't love turkey. Oh, that's um, funny. I don't like cranberry things. How dare you? 
Um, I <laughs> she don't, was with you up until then. I know. Mm-hmm. I don't like the overcooked green things that are allegedly beans that my family <laughs> produces. Um, but that sounds like a problem with cooking, not with oh, the sure. dish itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's what I've done for Thanksgiving for that's fair. Right. 30 some odd years. So mm-hmm. that's what I know for Thanksgiving. So I will say the turkey yesterday that we had was incredible. Uh, it was nice. yeah. moist and juicy. And I think what happened was that my uncle who was cooking just overcooked the shit out of everything. And so it was just dry <laughs> all the time. Sounds like it. It happens. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, if that's Thanksgiving, I can get on board. But, I mean, it's really hard to mess up mashed potatoes. It is. And so it that's, is. that mean, is just uh, consistently. I mean, give me a potato any day. I don't care what day <laughs> of the week it is. Potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yum. Mm-hmm. 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 What about but, you? I mean, I guess you can make them too dry, but that's about the only thing you can do. Yeah. But then just add butter. And yeah, yeah, I was going to say that's easy for the individual eater to, to fix, fix at the time. Yes, It's true. I, I suppose the only thing that might ruin it is if somebody has oversalted it. Because oh, that you yeah, can't walk point. back. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to add more potato. Right. Yeah. Rachel? Uh, our, mine is a delicacy we did not partake in yesterday, which is mm-hmm. the cranberry sauce in the shape of the can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Real yeah. fond of that. The cranberry log. Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. We had... Real cranberries and real cranberry sauce. <laughs> it was very strange for me. We had nary a cranberry on the table. Ugh. Ugh. It's perfect. Offended, sorry, Nancy. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Cranberries are my favorite. No, cranberries are but delicious. But Nancy, that's perfect. This is why we should share Thanksgiving <laughs> because then you can have all my cranberries. That's entirely true. I will say I benefited greatly because so next to cranberries, my favorite is the dressing. And and is we that got the same our, thing as stuffing? sure if you're not you know if, a if million purists just stabbed a fork <laughs> into their thigh upon hearing that if you're in pennsylvania sure it's the same thing <laughs> okay um, uh yes conceptually it's the same thing <laughs> um but so we got a, like a box dinner from the local shishi it's not really a shishi grocery store but it's like the hippie grocery store and it's a little shishi. You're not wrong, Rachel, but like, it's not Whole Foods, you know? Like, there are degrees in the Bay Area of your shishi grocery stores, right? This is like middling shishi, not like, you know. It's um, one she and not two shishis. Yes, exactly. Um, and they do a, like a, you know, you pay and you get a box that's like a pre cooked turkey and your mashed potatoes and your yeah. dressing and your gravy and your all of that stuff. And it's great. We've done it several years because I have zero emotional investment in like cooking from scratch an entire Thanksgiving dinner. I just want to eat it. Um, <laughs> yep. So it works out great. Um, but this year the uh, dressing had mushrooms in it, which I think is fantastic. Uh, but my partner, does not think that is fantastic, and Rachel tends to agree with him. So I uh, think I have a whole lot of dressing in my future. <laughs> I was willing to eat around the mushrooms. You did. It's true. It's true. Yeah, Kyle's a little little more leery than you are, I think. But that's okay. I will fall on that sword. <laughs> no spoonful of dressing will go to waste in this household. Have you ever just had, like, a stuffing sandwich? Have you ever tried that? No. Yes. Yes. But I don't like I stuffing. Have. More so, for me. so you guys get my stuffing. Nancy, you can have my mushrooms. Yeah, I'm into it. All right. Podcast retreat is go. <laughs> just just time TBD. Yeah, time yep. TBD. 
post-plague. Well, without further ado, I'm Nancy. I'm your basketball enthusiast. And I am getting enthusiastic because there's going to be basketball soon. We are less than a month away, in theory, knock on all of the woods because... Who knows what could go wrong between now and then, but... but <laughs> because but, plague. Yeah, because plague. Um, but in theory, we will have basketball soon. But in the meantime, uh, we wanted to just talk about a couple of things. And we wanted to kick it off uh, with something that was circulating around the internets, which we then RT'd from our Falpuck Twitter account, which was... What would your walk-up song be in baseball? And Rachel, I'm going to turn it over to you to explain the concept of a walk-up song. Okay, sure. I mean, it is fairly self-explanatory, considering all baseball terminology. But um, specifically, when you are playing in your home stadium and you go up to bat, uh, in the major leagues at least, you get to select a few seconds of song of your choice to play uh, to walk up to bat. So, man, I should have brought up, because I think I did a little research on this and who had the best walk-up song. Um, somebody a few years ago had Careless Whisper, which I think was a big hit. Um, somebody on the Ace had the uh, Do You Like Pina Coladas for a while. Oh, yeah, the uh, Fegley, the the catcher yeah. in 2019. He, yeah, That and, always um, made me laugh. I think Mark Canna had Vogue for a little while. That was he fun. Did. He usually makes fun that. choices and rotates them pretty frequently. So talk about the the idea here, though, because, like, obviously there are a number of ways you can go with this, right? Like, you yes. could try and intimidate your opposition. Mm-hmm. You could try and, <laughs> like, song. celebrate your own awesomeness. <laughs> or you can just go with, like, what is the most ridiculous thing I can play, yes. right? That I can get the staff of the stadium <laughs> to broadcast to the entire crowd and teams. Like, what, what do you... What's the strategy there? Or is there one? Is it just personality? Um, yeah, I've not seen that uh, talked about much in sports journalism circles. It's kind of, I guess, it's a shame. Understood that your own interpretation of the walk-up song and what that means to you. Uh, I mean, I think I personally would want something that would pump me up. You know, mm, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. think there's going to be a whole lot of intimidation going on there. I think people just tend to tune it out after a little while. Mm-hmm. So I would want something that was was uh, chosen for its effect on me rather than its effect on my opponents. Mm-hmm. Okay, or, you know, sense. the most ridiculous thing possible. That's also fun. Arguably also an effect on you, though. Yes. So it, like, you know, makes you giggle before you got to go do the thing. <laughs> yes. And that's, I'm sorry, I think you said this, that's when you're walking up to bat. Yes, correct. Right, okay. And it really is just a few seconds. It's mm-hmm. like two to five seconds. So yeah. you got to pick well yes and most people i think do the beginning of the song but i think you can pick really any you know 10 or so Mm -hmm. seconds of song i feel like the chorus would also be a popular choice because a lot of the beginnings of songs people aren't going to recognize yeah that's true so um how long do you keep a walk up song is there an expectation that you're going to like change it every year do you keep it for your entire career Um, what's the i think i think a lot of players change every season or so um, yeah, you know, I have not, I have not looked at the math on this. Um, I'm sure somebody has, but, uh, some people like Mark Canna does change during the season. I've noticed that. Um, does he? yeah. And I would imagine that some players, like if something really works for them, I think the sports superstition is going to kick in. And if they're on a hot mm. streak, they're definitely not going to change their walk-up song. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, maybe they do change it if they feel like they aren't getting any mileage out of the one they're, they're using now. 
So, but there's no, like, like the staff's not going to be like, nope, sorry, it's the middle of the season, you're stuck with it. No, I don't think so. I mean, not that's been reported on, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, you okay. know, I'm sure if somebody were trying to change it every week, the, they might get some pushback. <laughs> uh-huh. But I don't know. I've got to imagine that that the pushback is probably going to come from struggling to get the rights to a song. Mm. Oh, yeah, I did look and into not, that. And not necessarily, point. like, just can they change it or not. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you change up your walk-up walk up music, that's going to, like, engage the crowd. You know, if somebody gets known for changing their walk-up music, the crowd every time is going to be like, what's it going to be today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did attempt to look into the, the uh, copyright issue on that at one point. I don't remember. I don't think I ever found any solid answers. Like, you... I mean, you're not allowed for a paid event like that to, you know, play somebody else's music without their permission in some mm-hmm. form or other. Um, and but I, I couldn't really find any any good answers on that. I would guess that I don't know if it's a musicians just kind of tend to let it slide because it's such a short clip. I guess I would assume that it's sort of like radio rights where it's probably some sort of subscription or something, you know? Yeah, possibly. Okay, now this is something that I legitimately want to look into because I'm that <laughs> nerd. I'm like, what? What are the copyright laws? Uh huh. Well, I mean, they're not directly profiting like off of it. Um, yeah, but oh, if but you, I think, but if there is an event like that, you are not mm-hmm. allowed to just play somebody's music for right. free just because right. you're I not mean, charging specifically for the music. Right. I mean, this gets into the sort of things like like political campaign rallies, right, where they are playing it, you know, for a free event, but. Yes. The copyright usage is in question and artists can ask them to not and can yeah. forbid them to do it as well. I don't I don't actually think it has to do with making money because you have to pay for the rights to mm. use the song. It's regardless of whether or not you make money. Like that's yeah. the reason we had to get open source music for this podcast. That's mm-hmm. true. Right. Yeah. We can't just making, use yeah. we yeah, can't it has just to be use, designated for non commercial use. Right. In order to yeah. Use it. Good point. Yeah, and I guess I was I mean, thinking of it in terms of like print copyright, which is different. Right. As far as I know, we're not making a profit off of this. So. <laughs> not nope. that I've seen. <laughs> Yet. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Once we get that Patreon going. Yeah. <laughs> For any advertisers out there. Stay tuned. 20, 2021. Coming soon. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So, so you get five to ten seconds of a song. Yep. You yourself get to determine what the the point of it is or how that's going to play into your choice. Mm-hmm. Rachel, what would your walk up song be? Well, I've got I've got two that I kind okay. of alternate between depending on the day you ask me. Lay so I think that some of the strongest walk up songs, personally, are like strong instrumental riffs. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that have like a good trumpet hook or something like that Mm -hmm. um this is not quite that but um mine would be the guitar uh, either the intro or the outro from uh the butthole surfers pepper i think would be a good memorable Uh instrumental i Um, love you for using that band (laughs) (laughs) they do not get enough credit for their 90s brilliance (laughs) So either that, or if I wanted to go vocal, I would just go the very beginning of Queen's Fat Bottom Girls. 
Nice. Solid choice. Yeah. Very solid choice. I okay. love it. So you could alternate between them. Mm-hmm. That's true. Nancy, have you come up with your walk-on songs? Well, I had, but now I'm reconsidering everything. Um, <laughs> I mean, so my answer to this has always been, uh, She's a Killer Queen by Queen, because mm. Queen. Yeah. Um, but it's just a great song. Uh, you know, She's a Killer Queen, Dynamite with a Laser Beam, Guaranteed to Blow Your Mind, right? Um, and it has lots of, it's it's a song that occurs in sort of musical chunks, so it would be very easy to pull out a brief, you know, line or two right. that would be catchy. Everybody knows it. I love it. So it would have a good effect on me. Um, there was a long standing joke when I was in high school where my nickname was the Red Baroness. So like from that song. <laughs> so like, you know, it all, it all There's ties together meaning. for me. In personal meaning, exactly. But now that you're saying instrumental like that, literally had not even occurred to me. Really? And I'm, yeah, no. Because <laughs> you're very, you, you listen to a lot of instrumental music. I do music. listen to a lot of instrumental music, but like, I, I guess just because most of the ones I've heard have, are, are bits from songs with words that like it yeah. didn't, didn't occur to me that that was an option. So that makes me want to go back and listen to a bunch of cake. Speaking of 90s bands. <laughs> Ooh, that would be, because that would be Because they good. have good. so many good, like, bass and trumpet riffs mm-hmm. that I feel like there must be, you know, like the only one that's popping into my head is short skirt, long jacket, but that's because I saw somebody give that as their answer to this question. So oh. I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> steal that, but like they have so many good intros and outros that are just like horn and, and bass and drum leads that I feel like something there could be really, really good or surf guitar. <laughs> that would be, you know like that's a mood so when when you said instrumental i went to classical even though I you've been talking instrumental and i know um i mean and like then flight I thought, of the bumblebees might be i thought flight of the bumblebees and then i thought in, overture in the hall of the mountain king yes yeah because yes. that's that's got a nice crescendo to oh, it oh that'd be terrific you could also do um Oh, fuck. What's it called? Um, right of the Valkyries. Yes. Yeah, that's another good one. <laughs> so I've also been thinking about um, musicals because mm-hmm. there's I like I know there's musical numbers. And so now Phantom of the Opera, that just <laughs> iconic <laughs> organ. That would be amazing. That's mine. I'm, I'm yeah, calling that one now. <laughs> any for musicals. That would be a good. Well, of course not. They're boys. Well, and with I the mean, toxic max- masculinity of sports, if a boy uses a musical, somebody's going to call them gay. Yeah, but Canna used Vogue, you know? So I think that's, like, All right. the humor aspect. Okay. Now you, and now someone did use, um, from The Lion King, a couple years ago. Oh, the, funny. Yeah. Okay, so we got to Google this, guys. Has anybody used anything from a musical as their walk-up song? <laughs> this, okay. this requires research. I, I am officially calling the Phantom of the Opera uh-huh. um, okay. organ. That's my walk-up music. Yeah, that's that's solid. That's solid. I will not challenge you on that. My my okay. backup was um, 10,000 Fists by Disturbed. And <laughs> I don't know that I, one off the top of my head. I mean, it's like hard rock. And I was yeah. actually yeah. thinking the um, the instrumental kind of like build-up. You know what would be fun? <laughs> the the like primal scream at the beginning of that one Led Zeppelin song whose title escapes me because I'm shit with titles. <laughs> just like have that be yeah, the entire walk up. To- yes, thank you. Okay, just the yeah, scream. yeah, yeah. 
Just like the guitar <laughs> and the scream would be, that'd be great. I'd be into that. All so, right. Well, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like we've covered the diversity of options here. <laughs> well, so I want to, um, in, in hockey, there's no, there's no walk up music. Right. So the music that the players get to choose is when they score a goal. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And so when you score a goal, um, the music typically is going to play for more than five or six seconds, right? It might play, you know, they might get to play a whole 30 seconds of it, depending on the, um, you know, what's happening in the arena at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that... That changes think, things. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think it does. It changes it to a different parameter because you don't need to get psyched up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, a different context. You've right. already done the thing. Right. So this would be, this is more, much more purely a victory song. Right, right. Hmm. What, okay, so what would be your goal song, Rebecca? So one of the ones I was thinking of was um, by Cage the Elephant, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. Oh, it's that's got, a good one. It's got a good beat. And, mm-hmm. you know, fun lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got I got down like a Maroon 5 rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> and then I started trying to think of another musical that I wanted to do. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's got to be something from In the Heights or I feel Les like Mis. Hamilton must have something that would be perfect for that. Probably. I'm not as emotionally tied to Hamilton as everybody okay. else. I've actually That's only valid. seen it once. Oh, that I'm not so throwing my shot. I mean, that's got to be pretty. Oh yeah, yeah. On the nose. Be, yeah. yeah. Um, if if you were not an American, immigrants, we get the job done. Would be a good one. <laughs> well, and that's that's quite a lot in uh, yeah. hockey. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. My first thought was Layla. Oh, that would be a good one. That would be a good walk-up song too. With yeah. the. The guitar riff in the beginning? Yeah. Explain that to me, though, because that's like, I mean, I guess you're picking that purely for the musical hook. Yeah, yeah, not the uh, symbolism. Yeah. Well, so like uh, on the Capitals, Lars Eller, his nickname is the Tiger. We don't know Mm -hmm. why, but his nickname (laughs) is the Tiger. Um, And so his goal song is Eye of the Tiger. Of course. Yeah. I mean, what other and choice I don't, do you have? I don't think he's given the choice to change it. <laughs> like, your song is Eye of the Tiger. And then mm-hmm. Garnet Hathaway, um, who's a fourth-line guy, he does not score a lot of goals. His is um, What is Love by Hathaway, because, <laughs> just because it sounds like his last name. That's so, funny. you know, it's it really does run the gamut. So there's this one song that I love... Um, purely because of like the beat and the rhythm of it that I feel like might be better for, I don't know, it could work as a walk-up song too, but it might be better for a goal song. And it's it's Time Bomb by Beck. It's just, we got a time bomb, we got a time bomb. Oh, na, yeah, yeah, na, yeah. Na, na, na. Like, we got a red alert, yeah. we got a red alert. I think yeah. that would be a yeah. good goal song. Yeah, I yeah, think so too. I feel like like you'd get you need enough of it to establish right. the rhythm, I think, right. which m- you might not get with the walk-up song, but right. like but I, I but I really like it and it's like high energy, which I feel like after you've scored a goal like you want to keep that going, yes. right? Like you don't want to move into like we are the champions or something. <laughs> right. Like victory aside, it's way too swan song, right? Yes. Like it's yeah. 
flip your lighter and sway. You know? <laughs> well, I also, I mean, uh, you know, hockey hockey players are incredibly superstitious, so they would never play something like "We Are the Champions" or yeah. like for anything goal. declaring <laughs> us a winner for one goal. Uh-huh. And can you imagine, like, your team is down five to one, and you score the second goal, and it's like we're winners? <laughs> no, no, you're still losing, womp, bro. Womp. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think time bomb would be a good one for that. Um, Basketball the- must not have a, a no. swoop song no. because you just no. keep playing, right? You just keep playing. Yeah, yeah but I think like I mean you could, I guess theoretically, you'd have to switch pretty fast. But I'm thinking when they're announcing players coming onto the court at the beginning. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they do have. You know, when you're at a basketball game, I think I, mean, I think this is true for all teams, but but the Warriors at least have, you know, a live DJ who plays music, you know, to pump up the crowd before the game starts and then like plays music as as the team enters the floor. But it's always the same music, I, like not before the game, but it's always the same song as they enter. I think it's, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's just like the thing the Warriors pick for people to walk on the court. But I've only ever been to Warriors basketball games, so I don't know for sure if other teams do that. But it doesn't seem like a stretch to assume that they do. It's pretty easy to, you know, get a local DJ to come spin before your game. Like, that doesn't seem like a a tall order, really. No. Um, Or just, like, put in the Jock Jam CD, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, something, you know. Oh, my God. uh, Y'all ready for this? Probably. (laughs) indeed we are (laughs) that might be a good walk-on song oh that would be a good walk-on song that's true Ugh! all my years in pet band are coming right back to me (laughs) rebecca what did you play in pet band uh basically everything because i was bored out of my skull Uh, (laughs) um ostensibly clarinet but also uh the bells and the saxophone and what else? Uh, um, no, contrabass was concert band. Um, <laughs> okay, now you need to just tell us all the instruments you play or play. Uh, all the instruments. Okay, but how are we defining play? Like, have have it sometime had some proficiency on? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Um, guitar, ukulele, uh, clarinet, bass clarinet, contrabass clarinet, E flat contrabass clarinet, double B flat contrabass clarinet, uh, flute. Alta I didn't even know there were that many types saxophone. of clarinets. I love them. They are huge. The double B flat concert contrabass clarinet is taller than I am. And it is beautiful. <laughs> Looks like a giant drain pipe and I love it. Okay. Um, trombone, uh, bells, marching bass drum, cymbals, uh, recorder, tin whistle. Uh, if it has a read, I stand a fair chance. Basically, <laughs> um, I think that's most. I mean, I've, I've, I can, I can play the piano one-handed. I've never gotten good at using both hands. I have fucked around with a mandolin. I think that's most of it. <laughs> wow. I'm not like the only thing that I was ever particularly good at was. Uh, well, no, that's not true. I was pretty good at drums, um, but mostly I played clarinets in marching band and concert band and wind orchestra and and especially the big ones i played the big clarinets and i loved them <laughs> and i want one but uh having your own but but bass clarinets cost about the same as a small used car so yeah. i do not yeah. own one yeah um yeah yeah double real instruments are real do. expensive yeah real instruments what has a double reed oboes and bassoons yeah. and english horns those Thank are you. hard I have fucked around with a with an oboe and mostly made it sound like it was dying, which 
Yeah, they tried me on bassoon, but I, I don't think I Bassoons could even get a sound. Amazing! I love them. They are super cool. Like if I were gonna if I were gonna go back and learn more instruments, which I will probably do at some point, it would be cello and bassoon because those are fucking cool. Uh, and, and double reed instruments are are similar to regular reed instruments, which is if you can play one, you can kind of play them all. You know, like to varying skill levels. Um, I don't do strings. I don't do you know violins or cellos or anything like that. Hmm. How did we get on this tangent? I'm sorry. Um, I don't there was some walk-on thing. It had to do with a walk-on something. <laughs> I like music. Oh, Pet Band. That was my oh, fault. Oh, that's I'm right. sorry. Yeah. Uh, Pet Band played a lot of greatest hits of, you know, the 70s. And yeah. 80s. Yeah. Uh, Chameleon, Jungle Boogie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's, that's probably a, an era that we should have considered for walk-on songs i don't the only ones i know are the ones i played in pet bands <laughs> like, i'm not gonna be real helpful there rawhide we used to have to play rawhide. Oh, <laughs> yeah and our band director used to try and get us all to like yell rawhide mm-hmm. at the appropriate moment in the and song like, and we'd all go no. like rawhide <laughs> like, with the massed enth- lack of enthusiasm mm-hmm. of you know a bleacher section full of, of like 15 high school to 18 kids. year olds yeah. but yeah. also you're playing to a crowd and the crowds if the crowd wants to say it the crowd's gonna say it yeah the crowd didn't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh goal songs rebecca did you answer this yeah, so I think my my goal song would be "Ain't No Rest for the Wicked." You did answer by Cage that. the Elephant. You did, Rachel. Did you answer this? I suggested Layla. I'm you sure did. there are others. I feel like this is one where extended like guitar mm-hmm. solos or riffs could really come in handy. Yeah. Well, you have you definitely have more time. Right. Right. And now the time on the podcast where we all sit and think. I know, we're all like making the same face on the Zoom call. Like very thoughtful, kind of like looking up, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> contemplating. Well, we'll have to think about this some more because I don't, I didn't know goal songs were longer. Um, so I hadn't given that the proper level of consideration. And this is one where we want to hear from our listeners too. Please tell us what your walk-up song and goal song would be and why. Uh, because I'm sure that there are, you know, 1,500 of them out there that we are not thinking of that would be perfect, amazing. Yeah. Yes. Somebody's going to kill it. So please, please send them to us and tell us what that would be. Sorry. And in the meantime, now, I, you said somebody's going to kill it, and then I went to Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name of. <laughs> Oh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, that would be, that'd be timely. <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel like I've got one on the tip of my tongue and it just won't go. Oh, Bowie dancing with myself. That'd be a fun. Oh, one. that would be good. Yeah. Just like out on the mm-hmm. ice dancing yeah. with myself. <laughs> <laughs> my little chair boogie. Um, we'll put together a playlist of these on the Twitter, too. We should. That'd be fun. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Little YouTube greatest hits. Yeah, I dig it. All right. We could put it on Spotify. <gasps> we could. Where we exist. <laughs> Rebecca, you're a genius. Yes. All right, that's it. I'm out. Got Bye. You guys no, have a good no, night. No, no, <laughs> get back here. Put those back on. You are not free, my friend. You outed yourself as the brains of this podcast. You are sticking around. <laughs> no offense, Rachel. <laughs> None taken.
<laughs> I was tarring myself with the same brush. <laughs> All right. Well, just to even the score, though, let's let Rachel be the brains of the operation for a little while oh, no. here. Unfortunately, about a sad thing or potentially oh, sad yeah. thing. So we as a podcast have two A's players. Well, we stand a lot of the A's players, we frankly. Do. But, but especially Marcus Simeon and Liam Hendricks. Yep. So what's up with them? What's 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 happening? Well, Rachel, I gave us a me. report on our favorite non-Matt players. Um, yeah. <laughs> so sadly, this has forced me to pay attention to draft rumors. Oh I'm no! So a lot. Are you okay? My apologies. <sighs> I'm just really friggin' annoyed, especially because it's not good news. Um, Let me go get you another slice of pumpkin pie. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, so both Semyon and Hendricks are up for free agency uh, this year after the 2020 season is complete, which it is. So now, uh, <laughs> in other words, and what does that mean? I don't friggin' know. It means um, it means the, the Reader's Digest. Their their contract is over. They can go to other teams and get more money. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, so uh, at least in hockey, it means that nobody owns their rights anymore. Yeah, nobody Something owns the like right that. to that player. Okay. Um, so yeah, they're free to uh, make their own decisions regarding uh, where they're going to go, and and it also means that other teams are free to make them offers. Yes, right. Like correct. this is part of the thing. Like like if the A's the A's can either make them an offer or not make them an offer, and other teams can make them offers as well, and then they are free to do. Right. Whatever seems best. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. And if you're a good player going into free agency, you're probably looking to score a lot more money than you're making now. Mm. Uh, and the problem with that is the A's don't tend to keep players around once their salaries increase. Mm-hmm. Um, they are working with one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. Um, that's part of the whole money ball model. Um, mm. And so it, you know, just does, hasn't happened in the last you know, 15 or 20 years that they've, they've kept people on. So we'll talk about Semyon first, because um, I did read a, an interview with his agent um, and this uh, San Francisco Chronicle. Um, and, it, you know, this is coming from his agent, of course, so somewhat of a biased assessment of his prospects. Um, but his agent was saying that he uh, a shortstop of his caliber hasn't been a free agent in a while, and there isn't another comparable one uh, coming on the market. Um, so he's looking to get a $100 million contract. Holy um, damn. Yeah. Oh, wait. I'm Which, baseball contracts are long, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say. What, and yeah. what is the, what is, do you know what the, like, normal length is or normal annual? I'm not sure what they were talking about. I, the, the, the other part of the article, it's something about $13 million for one year. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's I was fine. Gonna say, I feel like most of the ones I've seen have been like eight or nine or ten years. Yeah. So, um, and probably in the eight to twelve million per year for yeah. like the really good players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't remember what the you know just recently the I guess the Mookie Betts was the most mm-hmm. the biggest contract ever, which was you know before then the year before had been Mike Trout. Um, right. So I don't remember what that is because I you know frankly this stuff doesn't stick in my brain. Um, you just don't care. <laughs> so, like, the 80 to $100 million is kind of the... Uh, 
very optimistic outlook for Semyon. That's what he's asking for. Yes. You always ask for more than what you expect. Yes. And especially after this wonky season, because nobody knows what next year's wonky season is going to look like. I can't imagine everything's going to be fixed by March. Um, <laughs> which, yeah, like even before it's summer, they'll have to figure all this stuff out. So... Um, and Semyon, while he has been a very good and dependable player, he did not have the best uh, 2020 season. And apparently a lot of places are willing to forgive that because of the weirdness with literally everything. everything. <laughs> um, so it, it's not completely, you know, a sure thing that he's not going to be with the A's next year. Um, but if they did offer him something, it would be a one-year thing. And um, it might not be the best deal for him because apparently there are a lot of shortstops coming on the market in 2021. Mm. How old is he? So, sorry? Do you know how old he is? Uh, he's 31? No, 29. 20. Yeah, late 20s, I think. So like kind of right yeah. in the prime there. Um, and it, the A's, they said, have not completed a deal worth more than the six-year, $66 million contract third baseman Eric Chavez signed in 2004. Ugh. And, uh, it, I mean, they kind of floated the possibility of, like, a home team discount because it is literally his home team. Semyon is from El right. Cerrito. Um, he yep. played for Cal in college. But that is not looking likely, again, because it would probably be a one- to two-year thing and it might not be the best for him. Um, Hendricks but is this, kind of in a, a similar um, so, area. Sorry, can I interrupt real quick? Oh, yeah, go I ahead. I just looked up Semyon. First of yes. all, he and I have the same birthday. Oh, cool. Um, so cool. What is it? September 17th, which oh. is also Alex Ovechkin's birthday. Um, <laughs> Very nice. So auspicious. Yes. <laughs> um, his salary right now is $500,000 a year. Yeah. So he's looking at a substantial increase here. And this, I mean, so if it works like it does in hockey, like this is going to be like the contract of his life. Yeah. This whatever next big contract comes up. Mm -hmm. Like that's going to be the one that he has got to hang his hat on for the rest of his career. Yeah. Okay. Um, and similar thing for Hendricks. Um, He's, I think he's about the same age, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit older. Um, mm-hmm. And he's looking even better because he, um, 2019 and 2020 were banner years for him. He uh, may be the top relief pitcher on the market right now. Um, and I didn't see as much, you know, and as many specifics about him. Um, they're probably not going to be specifics until December or January or so in terms of like, what teams they're looking at or looking at them. Um, I, I, so I guess the, the deadline for the teams that have them now to make a qualifying offer uh, was beginning of November. And the A's did not make either of them a qualifying offer. Um, you know, there was no guarantee that they were going to, would have taken it. Um, but again, we're looking at the A's not really wanting to pay keep people around which i think is a damn shame same because i like to follow the same players year after year well it also just seems like when you have a core of players who have been playing really well together and who are doing good things which 
they have had the last two years. Yeah. I mean, the A's have made it to the wild card game two years in a row and made it past the wild card game this year. Yeah. Like, it seems like it's dumb to then let some of those guys go. Yeah. Right. And especially like, like it, Hendricks, I'm thinking of because the past two years have just been like he has not had a ton mm-hmm. of success. He had not had a ton of success with um, other teams. And then mm-hmm. something clicked with the A's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not, I don't know. Like, I was not able to find any salary information for him, like, in terms of what he might be looking at, looking mm-hmm. forward. But, yeah, it just seems a waste to me to not, you know, put more effort forward. Yes. So does that, the fact that they didn't make any qualifying offers, does that mean the A's are really just out of this? Not entirely. Again, they might make a one or two year offer. And, mm. you know, maybe it comes about that nobody really wants Semyon or Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Um, that nobody's willing to make an offer that would outweigh what the A's could offer for a, another short term contract. I don't think, I think it's pretty certain that neither of them will be sticking with the A's in the long term unless something mm-hmm. changes very dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, we may just be delaying it for a year or two, the sadness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Ooh, come on, A's, get your shit together. We want to keep Simeon and Hendrix because they are delightful and also good at their sport. Yes. We have spoken, so let it be. <laughs> <laughs> Memo directly to the A's. Well, Rachel, a little cheerier thing. Well, maybe. I guess I don't know what you have <laughs> planned. But while we're on the topic of baseball, I hear that you have an unwritten rule for us. I do week. indeed. Yes. Uh, okay. So today I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't throw a strike if the count's 0-2. And, and don't worry, we'll sure. go back over the terminology. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yes. So a while ago, I think it was, this was in the context of the uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Grand Slam. Uh, we talked about not swinging on the three and O count, mm-hmm. and why that's utter bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of the pitcher's corollary to that rule, and I think it's a little less bullshit. But we'll see what you think. Okay, so this one states that if the count's zero and two, that is no balls and two strikes, mm-hmm. the pitcher has no reason to put the ball anywhere near the strike zone. And, you know, some of this is common sense. So a batter who's gotten two quick strikes might not be seeing the ball very well coming out of the pitcher's hand, or their swing might be just way off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if the last strike that they got, they were looking, which is uh, they didn't swing at all at what turned out to be a good pitch. Psychologically speaking, they're more likely to swing at anything that looks like it might be near the plate. And if, uh, the, if the bat should happen to make contact, uh, it's if the ball's out of the strike zone, it's unlikely to be a good solid contact that gets the batter on base. You following me so far? Yes. Okay. I think so. <laughs> so an 0 and 2 count is said to be a pitcher's count or that the pitcher is ahead in the count. Um, as you might guess, that means that a strikeout or an out in general is more likely than a hit at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, the pressure is then on the batter rather than the pitcher. Mm-hmm. That's not always the case, um, but it's a bit unusual for it to be the other way. Unfortunately, the Dodgers, uh, in fact, are a team that are very good at getting two-strike hits. In slightly better news, the A's, uh, Tommy Listella, who came over midseason from the Angels, is also pretty good at hitting even when he's down two strikes. He doesn't feel that same kind of pressure. Nice. So if you're a pitcher at an 0-2 count, why might you be tempted to throw a strike, a good pitch over the plate? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, and I think this is worth considering, batters know about this unwritten rule. <laughs> so they 
might be expecting that garbage pitch and not even bother to swing. Uh-huh. Uh, second, a pitcher generally doesn't want to throw more pitches than strictly necessary. Sure. Um, and the more major league games you watch, the more you may become convinced that a starting pitcher, much like Cinderella's carriage, will turn back into a pumpkin upon throwing their 80th or 100th pitch. <laughs> and are thus removed before then. You rarely see pitchers throw complete games anymore. That is, you rarely see the starting pitcher play for the whole game. Um, but pitchers still generally want to stay on the mound as long as possible, and that means that every pitch needs to be a contender. Um, so maybe not a strike, but something that at least looks like it might be a strike. Of course, the more it looks like it might be a strike, the greater chance that it slips just that tiny fraction of an inch and actually becomes a hittable pitch. Mm-hmm. So for my money, this isn't really a dependable thing that should be elevated to the status of a rule. And sure, sometimes it might be a good idea to throw something wacky to just to see if you can get the batter to chase after it with the bat. But there are too many other variables to take into account for this to be one of baseball's commandments. Mm-hmm. As always in the game of baseball, there are too many exceptions to the rule to make it much <laughs> of a rule, and them is the rules. Okay, now I just have a, a an image of a player like carrying the bat and literally running around chasing a ball. Oh yeah, the, I, I mean, mean the, the uh, commentators talk about all that time, all the time, getting him to chase and let's see if he'll mm-hmm. chase it. And yeah, one imagines. I mean, in our uh, in our little intramural softball league, I have definitely seen people step forward out of the batter box and swing like they're playing croquet. So you're not too far oh, off. Oh, yeah, you got the golf swing, image. you got the over-the-head uh, yeah, axe uh-huh. chop. <laughs> I miss our dumb little league. It was fun. <laughs> Sometimes that's called expanding the strike zone. Ah, oh. that's what it's called. Yes. I never knew. Okay. So, Rachel, I have a question, because I feel like if I were a pitcher, um, which, <laughs> that'll be the day, uh, <laughs> But if I were, hypothetically... You don't have pitcher, to run fast to be a pitcher, so it's more true. likely than some other that's, that's roles very true. on the field. Better, more likely that than a shortstop. Um, if I were a pitcher, I feel like there would be something just emotionally satisfying about throwing three good strikes yeah. and making the batter miss three good strikes, right? Yeah. So, like... I, I wonder if there's a certain amount, if, if that part of the reason this might be sort of an unwritten rule is because there is that certain temptation as a pitcher to not look at the statistics of it or the strategy of it, but to just be like, I want to get this guy out on good pitches that he just fucks up rather than... <sighs> Possibly, you know. but the feeling is if you throw... I mean, I guess it depends on what you mean a good pitch because like if you accidentally throw one right over the plate and the mm-hmm. batter the batter fucks up royally and just misses it the the feeling isn't really oh good the bat well it, it kind of is it's more like relief that mm. oh they didn't mm-hmm. get a piece of that one they really could and the okay. like the quote unquote good pitch and i think probably the most satisfying are the ones that are like just outside of the strike zone right that mm. just let's say paint the corners of the plate mm-hmm. or look you know really look like a strike and really fool the batter into swinging Interesting. I feel like I would go the other way, that the ones that would be really satisfying to me as a pitcher would be the ones just inside the strike zone that look like they're not. That's true. I mean, that's another one that looks like it looks like it's going to be a crazy pitch out of your hand. And then it turns in and just barely comes as a strike. Yeah, I would say those are pretty satisfying, too. Yeah, that feels like that feels like what I would want to throw as my third 
pitch. It's like one where it looks like it's a garbage pitch, but in fact, it ends up right where it should have been, and you just look like an idiot because you didn't swing. Which <laughs> <laughs> probably says a little bit about me as a person. So I'm basically, okay that. you just want to make your opponents look foolish <laughs> yeah. at whatever cost. I mean, generally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. Fair. Or if I'm in hockey... Be a defender and thump them into the boards. But, <laughs> you don't have to be yeah. a defender to do that. Well, no, but the, but it's kind of their job, you know. So, what do you think, Rebecca? Is it a is it a bullshit rule? I think this is a better rule than the than the batter one. I agree. Yeah, it feels it feels less bullshitty. Yeah, uh, that's all I've got. Well, there again, we have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> well, allow this is it. only this is like the diet coke of bullshit. thank you for that terrible mental image Uh i appreciate glad to help zero calorie bullshit yeah yeah coke zero (laughs) okay all right very good all right Uh, joe i have to apologize in advance i'm pretty sure you're gonna have some purring on this recording (laughs) (laughs) for for the listeners at home this is now the second cat who has been walking in front of and obstructing (laughs) the entire zoom camera of rebecca's computer yes and this one one was sassy yes the first one was sassy and this is alice and alice is is virtually purring directly into my recording device (laughs) well we don't usually see alice make a cameo no you don't She's very happy. She is. She likes to just slowly walk by and then <laughs> just kind of There's sit been a lot here. of tail action. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> you can carry uh, on. <laughs> any further thoughts on this unwritten rule? I feel like this was a good one. I like this one. It's yeah. not too dumb. It has a logical <laughs> sensibility to it, you know? That's about the best like, you can ask from baseball. Not it really, too dumb. Not, not too dumb. <laughs> there's there's some stats involved. I mean, the <laughs> stats aspect of that. That checks out. Yeah. yeah it feels okay. like it's based in a little bit of logic. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, that covers everything that we had here in our list of shit to talk about. Do we have any uh, any final thoughts, any burning in the bosom, any still small voices we need to share? <laughs> it's not even Sunday and I'm digressing hard here. I was going to say, we're mixing metaphors all over the place. For uh, real. Oh, that's not new. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I just, I, I have another topic that I want to do a deeper dive into because as Rachel, you were talking about qualifying the offers the woman who in the group twitter said we could do a short episode oh, today. no 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 i'm not doing it now i i need to do much more research okay well give uh, us a okay. teaser yeah um well i want to i want to because i actually do find this stuff interesting i want to understand the difference between the qualifying offer in baseball versus hockey because mm. from what you said and what little i i googled while you were talking it looks like they're different things Okay. Which oh, I find fascinating and also stupid because yeah. <laughs> we're talking sports contracts. Why do they have to be different? What the fuck? Um, well, so I will, that might I be will a listen if you up. explain it to me. I will not look it up on my own. No, that's fine. <laughs> I would not expect you to. I don't even expect you to care. <laughs> I'll pretend to care. Uh, oh, that, that's, that's great. That's perfect. <laughs> it's all I can ask for. You know. This is what makes this podcast really great, I have to say. The level of teamwork and our solid personal boundaries. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is this is good. 
All right. Well, I love it. This is, we are clocking in at under an hour. Holy cow. I know. I know. It feels so strange. I feel like we've only just begun. But I will, uh, I will resist the urge to vamp for another seven minutes (laughs) simply in order to get us past that artificial timeline. Um, but this is good. This is good. I like it. Now we have a teaser for next time. We have uh, plenty of things on our spreadsheet. Never fear. Um, no, I've I added two thing... tonight. Yeah, you've added two. I know one thing we had talked about that I want to revisit was uh, ranking our various teams. We may need to make a spreadsheet like we did for the mascots. Uh, ranking? In terms of like, yeah, yeah, because we were talking about like, okay, if I'm not rooting for the Warriors, then I'm rooting for the Trailblazers. Ah, uh, okay, oh so not like, Trailbla- yeah, who would win in the game of basketball, the A's or the Sharks? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but now I want to do that too. <laughs> but I think so. I think this also needs to be a little bit broader because, like, if you're if you're planning on watching two different sports, would your lesser sport Ooh. supersede? a lesser team in your preferred sport. <laughs> yes. Yes, it would for me. That's like 40 chess. <laughs> yeah. Stop okay. Trekking across the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Rebecca, tell our lovely listeners where the hell they can find us if they should ever want to do so. <laughs> you should want to find us. We are goddamn delightful. Um, <laughs> we are most often on Twitter at FoulPuckPod and on Instagram at FoulPuckPodcast. Um, but you can always email us at FoulPuckPodcast at gmail.com. Okay. And I would like to thank Joe for doing our editing and removing all the various bodily sounds and cat interruptions that we may or may not have <laughs> bodily cat sounds exactly <laughs> all uh, of the above and i would like to thank kevin mcleod at incompetech.com for our music and i would like to encourage you all to listen on spotify and itunes and wherever else you want to but anytime you listen to go and leave us a five-star rating and also a friendly and pleasant and helpful review uh you can use as much swearing as you want i don't care about that but just make sure it's like positive swearing Happy swearing. Enthusiastic swearing. We love uh, enthusiastic swearing. We love enthusiastic swearing. It's really, really true. Um, And tweet us your walk-up and goal songs. We want to know. We will revisit this issue if we get some answers. Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah. And I think that wraps us up. I have been and will continue to be Nancy. I am occasionally Rachel, working on permanence. I believe that I am Rebecca. And you've been listening to Falpuck Pod. Have a great week, everybody. We will be back in the future. <laughs>